0: The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. They use it to push a far-left political agenda in this country that is not only destroying our schools and damaging our kids... But it's destroying and damaging our culture Based on faulty premises How does this happen? And I just think it's a, again It's a part of the decline of all things That were once rather sacred But we, ha- we are having our young people Absolutely indoctrinated In both public education and higher education Correct the record of what is truth and what is fiction God's seed has a root structure that's incorruptible And you might not see green for many years Yep, I used to be a liberal too this is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God all things all things all things are still, still possible. possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I am Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles on the American Family Association blog, The Stand, at Olive Tree Views, at LifeSiteNews.com, and elsewhere out on the web. And be sure to check out our school corruption and propaganda calendar, and you can learn more right on our website at MissionAmerica.com. Well, it's that time of year when we're all looking at what we have been doing in our lives, what our priorities have been, and perhaps what they should be, what the future year will bring, and it's a time of being grateful. For most of us, that is, some people are simply not grateful. They do not have that heart attitude, and certainly not toward God. And when we see the deep divisions in our culture and the mob mentality, that is consuming many people. An absence of gratitude is truly a big part of the problem, I think we can say. So I want to talk today about gratitude, but with a different angle, how it relates to the LGBT community and their narratives and their discussions and their positions and the pro-abortion movement, and then compare that to how we are led as Christians and what's happening to the Christian church. There's a lot we can learn about where the heart goes if we allow it, and by contrast, where we humans can be led by God if we will let him into our lives. Well, one big reason this resonates with me is that gratitude is where my heart started to soften toward God. And I think he drew me closer to him through that feeling. There was an especially hard season of my life, some of which was related to my own worldly choices, some of it because of other circumstances, but God essentially rescued me and gave me a wonderful new life, new hope, and everything turned around, and it really seemed kind of to all be a big coincidence, and yet I began to look around and think maybe it wasn't, and that maybe I did have a wonderful father looking out for me. As I look back now, I do see that God was graciously providing for me even before I acknowledged it, and for that I am truly, eternally thankful. I won't go into all the details of what happened back then, but later, after I became a believer and then started on this journey of this public platform through Mission America, I later saw how critically important a heart attitude of gratitude is, how it turned my heart and head around, and then how it's largely missing among secular progressives in America a substantial amount of the time if you listen to their words and watch their actions it was quite often missing in me before I became a believer I was generally discontented and I never knew why couldn't figure it out and always looking for worldly solutions to that problem when the grace and power of our Lord Jesus were there all along if I had just turned to him him. So when the Lord finally got my attention and I allowed him into my life and I repented and became a believer, I not only felt tremendous gratitude to him, but new gratitude for the blessing of my parents, my heritage, and then in a bigger sense for everything that has been America. And then my eyes began to open about the bigger picture, the tremors in our culture, what I had perhaps contributed to that, and then what, if anything, I could do to help turn our country around. The wonderful experiment that is America is disappearing, friends. You and I know it, and we can see it, as our Judeo-Christian foundation is crumbling right before our eyes, and we are doing it mostly to ourselves. What we see in America today is a culture that's largely trading our heritage and the wonder and glory of creation as reflected in humans for a bowl of pottage like Esau in the famous Bible story. Those who are far from God reject, dismiss, distort, and finally, seek to destroy beautiful, created beings reflecting the order and design of our Lord Jesus. Let's look more closely at, for instance, those advocating abortion. The first violation in that position is to defy the clear truth that what is developing within a woman's body is not her body, as the so-called pro-choice crowd likes to say, it's my body, it's my choice, you've heard that, but that pregnancy, in reality, is a separate human. And failure to acknowledge that brings a whole range of subsequent lies and tragedies and sins and mistakes But why would a person not want to admit that it's a baby? Well, it's the control, first of all, that sexual sin has and the great harm that it will lead us into if we let it. That's where it all starts. Sexual sin is the driver for so many misplaced priorities and beliefs in our country, and it's been true down through historical time, of course. It's a driver for the mistreatment of other humans, and many, many more mistakes. And then we have lost friends or allow ourselves to be blinded to no longer appreciate the marvelous blessing that the creation of new life is. It's a wonder. It's a miracle. We need to keep saying this and teaching it to our kids. It's an amazing process that God allows us to be part of if we will acknowledge that, yet are we teaching this to our kids? No. The sensitivity to realize that the creation of a new human is a true miracle needs to be part of every child's education early so that when they get to that age and sexual temptation kicks in, that truth will be able to override the power of sin and frame what they do and their moral decision-making and how they treat other people so that the power of sin does not blind us and make people toss away real beauty, love, truth, and real human rights. Instead, we have women giving thanks to To Planned Parenthood, yes, to Planned Parenthood. Here's a recent post, for instance, on a Planned Parenthood site, quote, I love Planned Parenthood. When I first started having sex, I didn't want my parents to know, ever, but I wanted to be safe about it. Without Planned Parenthood, I would not have been able to do that. Now that I have my own insurance and my parents won't find out, I still came here for my early visit. Thank you so much for the service you provide. It made a huge difference in my life. Signed by Anonymous. Now, we can wonder if that's truly a person posting or Planned Parenthood staff just loading up their site, but I wouldn't doubt it if it's a real person because so many people out there have this attitude. Yes, thank you Planned Parenthood for making it easy for this person to keep going down a road of sin. And then we can read the numerous postings on the internet and in social media about women who are grateful for their abortions. Wow. These are cold and hard hearts, folks, with no acknowledgement that they are helping to kill other human beings, humans who are equal to themselves in human rights and in standing before God. There were photos recently of those who promote abortion posing with their current babies but wearing t-shirts saying, Thank God for abortion. That was right before Thanksgiving. I mean, wow. No, it's not God to thank for that. God would never be thankful for abortion. You can thank your own misplaced priorities and your own tremendous confusion. And hopefully people can change their minds and hearts and be saved by God and turned to a different road. But there are still so many of these kinds of expressions out there. One site is called Shout Your Abortion. You can go to shoutyourabortion.com. Read the posts there. These are women who have bought the lie that this is in any way okay. It's not okay. It is not something to be grateful for. What we can be grateful for is that if a person has made this tragic mistake, thank God for abortion recovery. That's what the t-shirt ought to say, because God will forgive anyone who is truly repentant. He is merciful. He can forgive that woman and that man involved and heal them and turn them in a different direction. But in that womb is a human child and no amount of covering it up changes that fact. Our gratitude should be that God gave each of us life in the first place and that we are, as Psalm 139 says, fearfully and wonderfully made and knit together in that way by God in our mother's wombs. And if we, as we get to childbearing age, are blessed enough to be his vessels for the creation of another new life, that is an incredible privilege, not a burden. Planned Parenthood is in the burden business, however. They supposedly relieve you of this terrible burden, but of course, it's not a burden. That's a huge lie. What they do is give you a terribly new burden. Only some people won't realize it in this life, unfortunately, but they will sometime in this life or the next. The life of a human being cannot ever be dismissed by God, and it should never be dismissed by us. This is why I join many others in Ohio for being very grateful to two brave warriors in our Ohio State House. They're not the only two, but these two are some of my favorites, representatives Ron Hood and Candace Keller at the Ohio State House who have recently introduced a bill to declare the unborn child a person and that any harm to that person is murder. It is truly time for this bill, friends. It is truly time. So the pro-abortion folks are not the only ones who distort the blessings of God. The homosexual and gender rebellion people, people involved in those lifestyles at the present time, because we always hold out the hope that all these people can change. They all can if they want to. They can and apply a very a very different framework a very different picture to their lives but as they are going today in their discussions in their online postings in their policy making bodies and groups and in the democratic party even political office holders who are very powerful who some of whom are openly Involved in these behaviors, like Pete Buttigieg, I I could do a whole program on the problems with this man, um, but I think most of you probably know that. They are, as a general rule, very dismissive of God's blessings, or they distort them. There's a very foundational reason for that. Those who go with these temptations and decide that it's more important to them to follow this sexual sin than to follow the Lord Jesus. They embrace what is contrary to God's creation and his design of them as male and female, made to unite with a person of the opposite sex, and they reject the embrace of their own design as male and female, where we should never attempt to overthrow that design. It's not an accident That trying to change one's gender, which can never actually happen, but to make that attempt will create a lifetime of health problems. What we have is a culture that applauds the person who comes out of the closet, friends, and this is such a tragedy that involves not simply the sin now of homosexuality, but it may involve other sins, pride, misleading other people into sin, and much more. We have a lot of that happening these days. We're going to take a break now and come back with more on gratitude, the LGBT community, the pro-abortion crowd, and what we can be grateful for and look forward to in the coming year. There's so much and so much we can still do. Stay with me here on Mission America Radio. This is Linda Harvey. We'll be right back after these messages. Friends, I want to make sure you know about something on our website that is very helpful for parents and grandparents, and it's our school propaganda and corruption calendar. It's a list of the pro homosexual and pro gender confusion special days and weeks where activists will be promoting these sinful behaviors and giving completely deceptive information to impressionable students. Go to our website at missionamerica.com. And as always, thanks for your prayers for us and your support. Today's program is pre recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And today we're talking about gratitude looking back on the past year, looking forward to 2020. And we're doing a different angle on this, how it relates to what we hear from the so-called LGBT community, the pro-abortion folks, and then compare that to how we are led as Christians. And as I wrapped up the last segment, we were talking about the LGBT folks, and here's the problem. They are very dismissive of God's blessings and the gratitude for how they're designed. You know, so many of these people are very loud and proud about rejecting the heritage from their mother and father, the heterosexuality that created them. In fact, there is among homosexuals a very common term today referring to man-woman marriage and the heteronormativity, is what they call it, of most of culture. They call us breeders. That is a very common term. It's very scornful, dismissive, and contemptuous. You know what happens with contempt where it eventually goes? It goes to dehumanizing people, and it eventually goes to harming them if we continue Folks, we see the mob mentality and where this is all going. We have a culture that now applauds the person who comes out of the closet. Recently, I was deeply grieved when a young man we had known as he grew up, who was a young minister walked away from that, declared very publicly a homosexual preference and his determination to go down that road. and posted this all over the internet, and so it was stunning to watch those who confessed to being believers to applaud him for having so-called courage. That is not courage. In this culture today, that's where you get the accolades. You don't get accolades the other way. When you quietly contend in your own desires and in your own heart against your very human desires, and we all have to do that in some fashion or other, we have to say God's will and not my own. So the, this narrative of coming out of the closet is really a lie. But to it's supposedly to realize your authentic self, you need to go into claiming these sin identities and then act on them. If you feel like you're a male and you're were born a female, just go ahead and be, quote unquote, your authentic self. No, you're being your phony self, um, and you're you're never going to be that, actually. It's accommodating your sin, not embracing the truth of God, and leaving our sins behind and becoming new creations in Him. But those who embrace homosexual sin or gender rebellion are declaring that God never created them. They create themselves. No gratitude for creation or for the cleansing from sin that they could embrace the free gift of salvation through Christ. It's an annoyance to think about repentance to these people. They practice self-forgiveness. And then there are the attacks on God's new creations the people who are the body of Christ you would think that the tolerance and inclusiveness that is said to be the goal of the lgbt movement would yield gentleness and kindness and real acceptance of others That may happen, you know, here and there among individuals. I'm sure it does. That's not what we're seeing by the movement as a whole. We are seeing a mob mentality being unleashed as the hatred of Satan is shown against the Church of God, that anyone would dare to declare sodomy to be a sin, that anyone would dare to proclaim the truth that we are born male or female, and that men do not have babies. That gets you banned from Facebook these days, that men don't have babies. In their view, men can have babies. All they have to do is call themselves women. This is a delusion of the first order. Satan has read Genesis 19, you see, but he's counting on the fact that quite a few people in America have not, or they would dismiss it along with the rest of the book of Genesis, all about creation and God's good and perfect order, and all of the rest of Scripture's dire warnings against homosexual sin. Even among Christians, people are busy making up their own ideas about this and slapping a Christian label on it. Any of us who speak out and still declare homosexuality to not be inborn and to still be a grave sin are greeted not with tolerance but with vicious actions to shut off our voices, to punish small business owners. One big thing happening within many Christian congregations now is to accept into formerly evangelical churches the public acknowledgement of a homosexual or gender-compromised identity. You first identify this way. Oh, I'm not going to sin. Uh, count on me to be celibate. Yeah, right at least not yet, but to accept the claim that the Christian church has been mean and horrible to these people, and we need to accept this blame and treat people who have these inborn feelings better because they can't help themselves, and so begins a huge con job that no other sin gets. Special sin status. First of all, the claims of mistreatment are usually quite exaggerated. And when that has happened, it's a different issue. Homosexual sin is one thing and temptations. Another thing is people's unkindness about anything. You know, harsh words happen between human beings for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes giving people the cold shoulder is the consequences of bad behavior. Your son who has had a drug habit, might not be welcomed with open arms into the youth group anymore, for instance, and until he is long free of that, his exclusion is a good thing for the safety and for a good witness to the other kids, and he should get whatever support he needs behind the scenes, of course, of course, to be able to leave this behind. Well, why would a proud homosexual be treated any differently. They do harm to friends, let's never forget, to themselves and drawing others into sin and the witness they bring to the youth in any congregation. But help behind the scenes for people struggling, always, always, that's what Christians do. Taking the stand publicly is tough, and then sometimes people can't take the heat and they cave. We've all seen all of the different stories about Chick-fil-A and what they stand for or don't stand for. They say they're trying to regroup, but no, they should have stood firmly, strongly, and unapologetically for one-man, one-woman marriage and for Christian principles and for donating to others who have those Christian principles. But let's hope all of this is turning around, we can hope. But I believe unless we start seeing fewer church potlucks and more people, more pastors testifying against pro-abortion, pro-LGBT bills, and taking these visible stands, these folks will become bolder and more willing to deprive us of freedom to speak and freedom to worship. Will churches remain silent then? They may not, but it may be too late. Folks, I'm asking you to take a pledge this week to step up and say something you wouldn't ordinarily say. Be courageous and speak out in social media, in your workplace, in your schools, in your families. Tell your pastor how you feel about being faithful to the word of God. Let's do this. Just remember, just remember, with God, all things are still possible. Have a great day.